0: 28th in 1986, over 74,000 fans from across Canada's Great White North gathered for an event so large it could only be named the Big Event. Why did this event draw so many fans? What did it say about the pro wrestling climate in 1986? And how does that event hold up all these years later? We talk about all that and more on this episode of 80's Wrestling the Podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I'm sitting across from the chairman of the board, Tommy Fierro. Tommy, what's going on, brother? Jay, you must have not gotten the memo. Uh, we've officially sold.
1: He's uh, <laughs> wrestling the podcast. Uh,
0: well, I was going to ask you about uh, ISPW, if you're, if you're shopping that around overseas. It's gone. It's sold. Eighties Wrestling
1: Con, <laughs> ISBW, the Wrestling Collector, it's all gone. I'm retiring. This is my
0: last episode. Listen, man, the, <laughs> the, all, the, oh, the world of wrestling has kind of been turned on its uh, upside down on its ear here this past week. Lots of talk, lots of speculation, and I know we got a big topic today with the big event. But being you and sitting in a promoter's seat, I would love to know if you can make heads or tail of all this news surrounding the WE this past week.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, and, and I'm sure that this show is going to get derailed uh, with this, because I'm sure we're going to talk about this. And, and 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 right before we went on the air, uh, me and Jay said we would like to hear what you guys think of this sick man coming back. Stephanie McMahon residing, uh, all the other uh resigning all the other information that, that 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 came out that was leaked that wasn't true is it true what's true what's not a lot going on in the world of professional wrestling and i know that we're an 80s podcast but i mean i you know i do this you know between the store and isw and and the wrestling collect wrestling is my job so this is like a i mean it's a gigantic story for anyone but even being in the business it's like a, it's crazy so, yeah, I want to hear what everyone thinks about that. Uh, my, my perspective on it, man, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know which – I can see all sides. I can see how, uh, you, know, since, you know, Vince McMahon stepped down and, uh, you know, Triple H and Stephanie took over. You know, you've seen signs of improvement in the product 100%. Uh, but if you look at the landscape of things, if you look at the ratings, and I don't know the answer to this, I'm I'm just speaking out loud and asking you maybe if you do if not it just I'm just uh, it's an out loud thought I'm curious how the ratings were uh, the week before Vince stepped down till now because if those ratings uh, haven't increased really nothing has been really done I mean you know, Triple H brought back a lot of guys from you know. From his regime, that you know, people that got fired, he brought them back. Um, you know, tons of talent there, obviously. But you know, as as a business standpoint, if Vince McMahon is looking at it, and you know, dude, listen, I'm a, I'm a promoter, and I'm and, and I'm a peon, I'm a little pebble in a, a huge galaxy of rocks, with Vince McMahon is concerned. But here's the thing: if I was if I was a part of something, and this is my perspective, if I was a part of something that I created helped create uh you know my grandfather had it then my dad had it, and i took it over and i brought it to the next level times a million and it became one of the biggest brands in the world and then you know and, and and everyone knows vince mcmahon's work ethic throughout the years Like he you know the stories of him working you know 18 20 hours a day you know meetings at two three o'clock in the morning so here's a guy that and, and in any any walk of life that's his professional wrestling you have a situation where, you know, someone that all, all they did their whole life was work and they loved their work, and then when you step back from that and you're sitting at home and you're watching 90 Day Fiance on TV, and you, you know, I'm sure that, you know, uh, immediately he was probably like, what the fuck am I going to do with myself here? And then not just that, but from a creative standpoint, uh, and I think, I think the product has gotten much better, uh, but, you know, Vince you know, has a vision of what it should be. It, it could be a situation also where he's sitting at home. I'm like, like, would I would change that. I would, cha- I would change that. What the fuck they do that for? Like, I, I can picture him sitting there, like, critiquing it. Like, I would have done this way. I would have done that way. So, like, it's a lot of moving parts in a situation where maybe he's like, well, fuck it, man. If I can't be a part of it, you know, something something that I create. if I can't be a part of it, then no, then then nobody can. I'm gonna sell it. I don't know if that situation. Uh, I, I find it. I'm shocking that uh, Stephen McMahon, you know, left the company. I, I would have figured in a in a billion years, you know, he would have you know passed the company down to his daughter or Shane. Or if he has heat with Shane, and Shane's grandkids. It's it's a very 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 crazy. Time to be a wrestling fan, or in the wrestling business, or how about how about people that you know when their AEW contracts are coming up, they're like, well, yeah, man, let's go back to WWE, and like maybe they're not thinking that anymore now. So there is a lot to talk about, and I and and we'll, we'll definitely get the big event in too but I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, and I would love to hear uh, the listeners' thoughts. If you want to call it and share your views on that, or talk about the big event, uh, the area code is five one six five nine five eight two nine five. Once again, that's area code five one six five nine five eight two nine five. We're talking the big event. We're talking about Vince McMahon coming back. We're talking the future of the WWE today.
0: That's right, Tommy. And the calls are already light, lighting up. And so we're going to jump into the call line. But I will say this: this week, as all the news about did they sell, did they not sell? Stephanie McMahon steps down. Vince McMahon returns. Amidst all that hurricane of pro wrestling news. I did sit down and I watched the big event on the Peacock uh, Network in preparation for today's show. And I have to tell you, I longed for 86. What a simpler time in the world of wrestling (laughs) it was. And it was nice to kind of go back in time and just watch an old school wrestling show without all the social media hoopla and without all the circus behind the scenes that that we didn't know about. Uh, And so it was nice to sit down and reconnect with the big event. Huge show to so many fans. But, yeah, it kind of uh, takes a backseat to the world of wrestling today with all the news that's coming out. So we'll jump into the slam line. We'll talk to some listeners. Like you said, we can either talk about the big event or if you want to talk about the big news. We're up for anything big this morning. And right now we're starting to show off with a big call. Baby on, hold on, hold on, hold on,
1: hold on, hold on, slow your roll. What did you just say? What was the last thing you just said?
0: I said we're we're up what to talk the last, about the big what, event, the, the big said. What's that?
1: You said we're, we're up for anything big today. That's what you said. Speak for yourself.
0: <laughs> I'm making the hot tag to babyface Brian. Good morning, Brian. Welcome to the big event with Tommy Fierro.
2: Jeez. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Tommy. And, uh, you know, coming up in third place of the topics are the NFL playoffs where I get to watch the 49ers on Saturday, and you guys are going to be at odds again with the Minnesota oh. Vikings and the Woo. New York Giants. So that's, uh,
1: oh, that's a big-time thing
2: going on this weekend.
1: Listen, Babyface Brian, before, before we get your thoughts on everything, I guess now is a good time that you just pretty much open the door for me on the situation I want to make a little wager with Jumping Jay. All right, Jay?
3: This right, is listen. what we're going
1: to do. Let's do something. So this Sunday, this Sunday is the Minnesota Vikings, which everyone knows is Jumping Jay's team. They are playing in the playoffs, the New York Giants, which is my team. So we have to have a little friendly wager for this game on Sunday. I think what we should do well, you know, look, look, since Brian's such an avid listener of the show, and Brian calls in every week from the from the start, Brian, I want you—I I know I'm putting you on the spot now—give us a stipulation for this game this coming <laughs> Sunday. I was thinking something fun would be kiss my foot football game. So that whoever whoever loses at '80s wrestling con, they have to kiss the other person's foot. I'm down to do it. I don't know if, I don't know if Jay would go that far, but maybe well, he look, can listen. come up with the. uh
0: the Vikings are heavily favored to win Tommy, so I would be careful of throwing out any stipulation. I'm up for anything because I know the Vikings are gonna win on Sunday. But I thought Tommy Fero would look mighty sharp walking around eighties wrestling con in a Minnesota Viking jersey. Ooh. I don't have that much
1: I don't have that much confidence. <laughs> I'm not I'm not my biggest event of the year, I'm not wearing a Minnesota Vikings jersey. Think oh, of the no. social
0: media presence you'd have in a Minnesota Vikings jersey walking around eighties wrestling con Tommy. Yeah. I, I can't do that, brother. I can't do that. I mean once we once we get that line better I can do that.
2: But I, I mean, will predict that I think that uh I think that uh, the the kissing the foot one works. It reminds me of the Million Dollar Man and uh, Rob Van Dam before he became Rob Van Dam had to kiss the foot of the Million Dollar Man in the ring. So uh, that one, uh, it works as good as anything. I think one of those two teams is probably going to face my squad next week if my squad can get past the uh, Seattle Seahawks so uh I hope you guys are able to get back on speaking terms rapidly uh after the game and uh and i know I know one of you is going to be happy, so I'll say that much and then uh uh yeah, the kiss by foot that that works uh, uh let's think about it during the call, and then maybe somebody else will have an even better idea but
1: uh yeah we'll, but as far we'll, as we'll, the we'll topic ideas throughout, throughout. we'll take we'll take ideas throughout and then at the end Jay, me and you will together agree on one of the stipulations. So I'm throwing out there the stipulation all right, you you, you had the stipulation of the of the, the jersey. We're in the jersey eighties wrestling con. I would do it for a photo op. I wouldn't wear it the whole time, but I would do it and I would post it on our eighties wrestling social media. So that's an option. Another an option. option would be kiss my foot
0: And listen, in so, the. Uh, foot.
2: That and uh, wearing a ball cap for uh, a picture together and then the, uh, the, the winning team, that guy gets to keep the ball cap at the end of the event. So if the Vikings win, Tommy wears the ball cap for the picture, and then uh, Jake gets to take the, uh, the ball cap home or and that's not uh, a bad vice versa. Either.
0: And, and Tommy, to show you how gracious of a guy I am, in, in, the, in the spirit of wrestling, I'll even do a hair versus hair. Or a Loser Leaves Town match there in New Jersey. Uh, Hair versus hair. Aren't you bald? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. One, I'm bald, and two, I don't live there, so I got no problem leaving.
2: There you go. There you go. Hey, uh, big event. Um, If we're going there, that one's real special to me. That was like the first big card that I got to see. Uh, It was on VHS. They showed some of the matches on primetime, but... That was the first big thing that happened while I was a fan. I watched WrestleMania 2 on uh, Showtime when it was rebroadcast July 5th, but I started watching like May of 86, so the big event was uh, big, and uh, it was a special time capsule kind of event where you caught the machines, and th- they were only in WWF for three months, so even though Andre you know, interfered, matched, that was kind of magical there. It was uh, mass confusion with the Killer Bees going on, which uh, Mm -hmm. today is B. Brian Blair's 66th birthday. So shout out and happy birthday to uh, B. Brian Blair, the president of the Cauliflower Alley Club, and all the great things that they do. Um, Paul Orndorff versus Hulk Hogan. That was absolutely the hottest feud in wrestling and may have drawn the most money of any house show feud in the history of the company. I think they fought each other like 45 times or so in singles matches. And the big event was, uh, I love the part where there's confusion at the end and Paul Lindorf puts on the belt and, Mm -hmm. and walks around, you know, thinking he's champ. So, so many good things happening at that show. Um, I want to say Tony Gurria was originally going to fight against, uh, Ted, R C uh, uh, not Tony Gurria, um, Tony Atlas. And that, uh, Tony Garea ended up stepping in, so Ted Arcidi was kind of a, a a heel presence in that match. But it might have been the last match for for Tony Garea to wrestle. Um, it, that it, I feel like it was a practice run for WrestleMania three. And I, you know, I know there was over sixty thousand fans. I'm not sure if the you know paid attendance at the attendance was sixty one thousand something, and the actual was sixty four, if it was really seventy four. I know it was an amazingly big crowd and it was so impressive just to look at, but uh, like I said, I felt like it was a great practice run for WrestleMania three where they figured that they found out that they could actually pull off a big show like that. So um, 11 matches instead of 12, but uh, you know, King Tonga turning to Haku Mm -hmm. right at that time too. They were, I think they were calling him both things at the time. And so it was when he was kind of making the change to, to Haku. Um, the uh, uh the funks being in there um the uh, uh tag match between the rougeos and uh, uh the dream team that was a rematch of wrestlemania 3 same with uh billy jack and hercules uh, i was kind of shocked to see uh steamboat uh get the pin on jake roberts mm-hmm. and, and i don't know if they couldn't get the animals into canada but it's funny that it was a a snake pit match, but you didn't have Damien there. You didn't have the uh, Komodo dragon or the baby alligator or whatever Steamboat was using at that time. Uh, so a lot of a lot of interesting little things going on at that event. Uh, is, uh, I'm guessing both of you uh, loved Hogan and Orndorff the most. What's your uh, second biggest favorite match from that event for both of you guys?
0: I, I would say as I watched it back this week, Obviously, Hogan-Orndorff is the spectacle that we all expect a Hulk Hogan main event to be. Uh, Like you said, first of all, the crowd. This is at an outdoor stadium in Toronto, Canada, and it is packed. Um, According to Wikipedia, the attendance was 61,000, but it also says in the verbiage that it was 74. So who knows what the actual attendance was, but the view of this crowd is spectacular. But yeah, the Hogan-Orndorff spectacle was everything you wanted it to be. Um, the favorite match from a wrestling standpoint was probably Ricky, uh, steamboat versus Jake Roberts for me in that snake pitch match, which was really just kind of a, anything goes, no DQ type match, uh, with Ricky kind of rolling up a Jake Roberts. who was kind of going for an easy nonchalant cover. And then he was able to to reverse it into the pin. I really enjoyed the machines. Like you said, Brian, uh, seeing the three of them in the ring and, um, even just seeing King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd, and then Bobby Heenan being a participant in the match was enjoyable. So for me, I would say it was those three. Um, Some of the matches were a miss for me, but overall for a non-pay-per-view, but a huge event from 86, uh, I was glad I took time out of my week to to go back and watch it. Uh, Tommy, I don't know what your thoughts were on the big event. I know you're a huge Paul Orndorff guy, and so seeing him parade around the ring with the world championship title around his waist, must have been a thrill for you. Absolutely,
1: man. And, and I've mentioned a million times in the past here on the podcast that that's my favorite storyline ever, when Hulk Hogan uh, had Paul Wunderer turn on them and he went with the Heenan family. So, yeah, man, that was a, a big match. I, I agree with you also that the uh, Ricky Steamboat against Jake Roberts Snake Pit match is awesome. But man, how, how can you forget about the rebel Big Slater, one on one with iron Mike Sharp, and that uh, Big Slater with Tories, not one Big uh, Slater, a big part of the big event. Right, Jumpin' jack, not as big as the Bolscot big in your hometown, but he was up there. Slater
2: wow. with the Confederate flag, flag trying to get yeah. uh, fans in Canada to root against him or for him when he's fighting Canada's greatest athlete, Iron Mike Sharp.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs>
2: hey, baby,
4: baby flying,
1: we had a bunch of callers on hold, but real quick,
2: what is your quick take
1: uh, on the Vince McMahon WWE situation going on right now?
2: Uh. I don't want to speculate too much. I, I guess I don't blame him if he wants to do what he wants to do with it. I, uh, I'm hoping that somebody, some media conglomerate in the U S picks it up and that, uh, and that it doesn't affect the the pricing on the uh, pay-per-views and Peacock. I do feel like we're spoiled as fans getting, you know, five bucks a month with commercials to get to see everything. And I also hope, uh, that it doesn't affect the creative going towards WrestleMania. I know guys like Totawa Tom and many others already have their, their tickets and hotel reservations in place for WrestleMania. And I really want to see the storylines play out with, uh, Sami Zayn and the bloodline. And, uh, and I liked the direction that, uh, that Hunter was going. So, um, like I say, it's hard to worry too much about it until it's official, but, uh, but when all that that stuff came out about the Saudis getting it, that was uh, that worried me about you know what's going to happen with the women's division, what's going to happen with guys that uh, uh, aren't fans of Saudi Arabia, what's going to happen with the storylines going forward, and and what's going to happen with the product for for us as fans. So uh, fingers crossed, it works out for the best, and uh,
0: I guess we're just all along for sort the of ride, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. Fair enough. Yeah, probably the best spot to take is a neutral one until we know. Brian, thanks for kicking off the show, man. We appreciate it. Hey, uh, you guys have a great
2: weekend. Uh, good luck to your squads, and uh, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. He's a Vikings fan. I could just hear it in his voice, Tommy. He just didn't want to say it. He was <laughs> going to say go Vikings at the end there. We got call stacked deep this morning talking about the big event, talking about the big news We'll see uh, where this conversation goes. We're going to touch base now with Danny from Butler. Danny, good morning.
5: Tommy Jumpin' Jay, always a pleasure.
1: My man. What's up, brother?
5: Not much, man. Um, You know, uh, uh, before I get into the
1: the big event, you guys talking about
5: McMahon, uh, you know, uh, coming back and uh, stepping into uh, whatever role he is. You know, I, I feel like, you know, I thought it was a, good thing for him to step away and, you know, just get it some new blood into um the creative and the direction of the company it definitely you guys, you know, mentioned time in and time out how stale the product got and I really feel like they definitely, you know, got, you know, a lot of momentum, you know, depending I don't know whether it was uh Triple H or Stephanie running creative. I think it was Triple H, um And, you know, just, you know, the new talent that, you know, they're pushing. Like I said, uh, uh, right now, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think there's any hotter superstar than uh, Gunther. So if uh, McMahon was running the show, uh, I highly think unlikely that Gunther would even be in the position. He is. He'll probably be buried. And, you know, one thing they definitely, you know, did uh, with McMahon uh, not being in the fold is bringing back, the you know the mean you know the prestige of the secondary titles like you know how you know you know when have the last time you've seen somebody hold the Intercontinental title for this long so you know I think you know they definitely brought back meaning to the secondary titles, giving opportunity to other superstars to you know showcase their talent instead of being you know lost in the shuffle and you know you're just having the same stuff over and over again so. Whatever direction is, I, I don't know what to expect, but I th- I definitely thought it was uh, it was good the way it was. And, you know, if there's something that's not broke, you
1: don't fix it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely very interesting. You know, at the opening of the show, Tommy mentioned that he could visualize Vince McMahon sitting there watching Monday Night Raw and then kind of questioning the decisions they're going to make. And my perspective, I mean, I don't know Vince McMahon, but my perspective is I don't even know if he was watching the product. I think he's of the mindset that no one can do it better than him. And so I think he was just, I think he reacted when he stepped down. I think he got some advice that it'd be best to step away. And I think that was solid advice, but I think he's just a guy who can't stand having his baby being controlled by people other than him. And so I think he was just biting at the bit to get back and so it's very interesting to see what's going to happen. I would love to know what the roster of guys and gals feel about it if there's some apprehension with him coming back or um you know cuz you hear that people really enjoy working with Triple H and they enjoy his thoughts on the business and they enjoy the direction he's taking things and you wonder if that'll be allowed to continue or if Vince is going to get his fingers back in the melting pot there and so yeah, I think it's an uncertain time for fans, but I got to believe it's an uncertain time for the roster as well. Oh yeah,
5: definitely. Like I, said, I definitely, think there's some some uh, a little tension, and anxiety going. You know, you, you look at you know the the amount of massive uh, roster cuts he did uh, before he uh, stepped down, and then you know Triple H bringing a lot of these guys back. So you know, I think it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be like a, a tug of war when it comes to you know a power struggle or whatnot but like I said it's just like I said you never know what uh what uncertainty so it's probably gonna be some tense times uh coming up and I just hope like I said whatever he does or you know they do is you know it's going to be what's uh what's best for business because I think they you know where they are right now they're they they kind of got some momentum back that they they've lost for the last uh, couple of years um as far as the the big event and i didn't i know you know at that time I was five years old i didn't watch it live or whatever I remember you know having my mother rent it for me you know at, you know at the, at the local rent uh, video store so I was able to you know watch that uh that event and, you know you look at i think it was if i'm you know looking looking it up correctly before it was uh, is it was it held at the same place as uh, WrestleMania Six somewhere in uh, Toronto this one was um, so held at th-
0: this was held at Exhibition Stadium. Um, WrestleMania 6 was at SkyDome. And So I believe SkyDome is what they built to replace this. This is the old baseball field Okay, so
5: that- it was regardless uh, I think it was uh, they were definitely prepping themselves for you know what led to be WrestleMania 3, you know, you got
3: you know mm-hmm. you, you,
5: you go from they they're, they're, you know obviously the first couple of WrestleManias they were you know, uh, smaller-scale events. Like nowadays, you know, you look at the WrestleManias, and every WrestleMania is either, you know, held at some, you know, football stadium or some indoor uh, uh, indoor venue that's going to hold 78000 plus. That's just the norm mm-hmm. right now. And uh, we go back, uh, you know, with uh, obviously the Hogan and Andre – I mean, I'm sorry, the Hogan uh, and uh, Orndor feud, you know, with uh, eventually uh, Hogan – I mean, Orndor uh, turning heel and uh, turning on Hogan, um, which, you know, obviously – led to that uh that uh memorable Saturday Night Main event finish sometime I think uh, coming up in January of 87 um that you know tremendous uh tremendous tremendous uh feud you know my favorite you know just happened to you know look at the mess that my boys left me this morning and I'm looking at an actual (laughs) replica of uh the Cayman that Ricky Steamboat brought uh you know that he had at at the yep. Saturday Night's Main event before the big event. I'm actually looking at the you know, a little replica of the little whatever you call it, the alligator came in and mm-hmm. uh, that was a tremendous you know, you talk about two two guys that uh, you know, knew the business well, you know, when Jake when it came to his in ring psychology, Steamboat with his uh you know, his uh, you know, gracefulness in the ring, you know, they had a tremendous those two guys went at it. They were you know, that was, you know, chemistry in there, you know, going with that feud, you know, which, you know, obviously who could forget Saturday Night's main event when sa- uh, Jake uh, DDT'd him on the, on the concrete floor, which, you know, set up a, a tremendous, you know, feud that lasted months and months, I think all the way to October. And then, you know, that, you know, Steamboat defrogged into his uh, feud with Savage. So, you know, it was a, I, I think uh, definitely a, uh, a springboard to bigger and better things that, that the direction of WWF was going. They still hadn't really hit their stride yet, but they were definitely gaining the momentum, you know, uh, going uh, global uh, in the direction that uh, McMahon Jr. was going.
0: Do you think, as I watch this back, and I don't know the last time you've actually watched it, it is on the Peacock uh, Network, but when I watched it, I could not believe they did this amazing intro with uh, me and Gene Oakland voicing over, you know, shots from a helicopter. I could not believe how many people that they attracted uh, for this big event. And the first thought I had was, I wonder if it would have been different had it not been in Toronto, Canada. Uh, I can't, I don't remember how often back in the early to mid eighties that the world wrestling Federation did a show north of the border in canada and so i was wondering because you know when they go overseas to england now for the tours it draws a ton of people because it's it's their one chance to see it live and i wonder if they were testing out the canadian market by putting on this event because to see that many people in an outdoor stadium in 86 was just kind of mind-boggling to me during that opening um i'd love to hear from both of you guys if you think Had they done this on the East Coast, Tommy, in the New York, New Jersey area where you guys live, would it have been as big, or did traveling to Canada make it more of a spectacle, I guess is my question.
1: I I think if you would have had an event like that in 1986 at, you know, Giant Stadium, uh, I think it would have been equally gigantic. You know, back then, you know, these shows where they're the outside stadium shows uh, you know, WWF really didn't do that many of them uh, back then in 1986, you know. So that was, I think that right off the bat made it really unique and really special. I mean, they've done, obviously, in the early 80s, they did, you know, Shea Stadium. They had Bruno San Martino and Larry Sabisco. There's been outside shows, but, like on a marquee like that, you know, a big event like that, it made it special. And it might have made it more special that it was in Canada. You might be right on that. Uh, what do you think about that, Danny? Um, they def- in the
5: in Canada. I think it def. I think there was a a home run. I mean, even though I was you know at that time, I was kind of too young to think about venue and all that. But like you looked at, at that time, you know how often did they have? Even though the scale wasn't as big, the you know the Maple Leaf Gardens. You know they always, I think, drew well at those shows. So you know, given that scale, I think they were, you know, set up to, you know, succeed. Uh, if you did something, you know, you, me- you mentioned Giant Stadium, that would have been a, a tremendous uh, venue for them, you know, to – I think they would have sold that out easily. Um, in hindsight, I think, like I said, either way they would have been able to yeah, – I think they would have been – either way they would have been able to pull it off uh, uh, either direction, you know, they one way or another. You know, the way McMahon worked and uh, – you know the the success that they were the the momentum that they built to that point it would uh it would have worked out either way uh, either direction uh the way that they decided uh to go um as you know I just want to you know wish uh, you both of you guys I know you guys are uh, are gonna um you know butt heads this weekend I think it's gonna be a a solid game you know I guess you get to you know no matter what listen at the end of the day Tommy you, uh, you you're a winner whether you Come out on top or not? This is a great season for you guys. I, either way, I think it's gonna. Mm-hmm. Either way, I think it's gonna come down to the end. If it's a close game, I gotta go with the Vikings because that's just their MOs. though. So I think the only way I see that you know I'm not saying the Giants can't win, but I think the way the Giants win this game, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to make the game real ugly, and I guess they're gonna have to you know have, have a cap, you know get a couple turnovers, maybe a quick score early. And, you know, just take the life out of the, the the crowd of the Vikings. I think, you know, they make it an ugly game in the beginning. And I think that's their, you know, the only way they're going to win this game. But one way or another, I think it's going to be a a one-score game. And if it's a one-score game, I think I have to go with the Vikings. But either way, I think it's going to be a good game.
0: Danny, what would you put on the line for a bet between Tommy and I?
5: Um, You know what? Like I said, I, I don't I don't want to go with... You know, it's not fair to have Tommy cut his hair off because you don't have any.
3: Um, <laughs> uh, to make
5: something, it, it, I I think, like I said, it's uh, he's going to have to, if the Vikings win, it, 80s wrestling comes from time to time at a, you know, at a very, um like it's just a very, you know, uh, sporadic moment, Tommy's going to have to yell, you know what? How about, how about you? You know, you you get one of those Vikings. Like I don't know what do you call those things. Like the you know the, the the helmets that they used to wear, not the not an NFL helmet. Oh
0: uh, no! no. Oh, like like uh, yeah, like Fred Williamson used to. Wear, yeah,
5: yeah, wear one. Of, like have Tommy wear one of those, oh, and every every horn. so often he's gonna have to he's gonna have to yell <laughs> out go. And then
1: Whether you If
5: if the the Giants win uh, (laughs) If the Giants win Like I said You know what I guess you're going to have to You know Maybe uh, You got to wear A Lawrence Taylor jersey For 80's Wrestling Con I would. I I, I I got
0: one brother I'll bring it with me I wouldn't mind Wearing a
5: Lawrence Lawrence Taylor jersey I think that's I think that's a good trade off I think that's pretty fair
1: I'd wear an LT jersey For sure We'll, well, we'll take it into consideration. All right. I, can't, I can't picture walking around <laughs> with that Viking helmet at all. I not exactly what you're talking about. I'm like a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, hey man, Danny, you man, thank you so much you for the call, pretend brother. Pretend we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. You just
5: pretend you're the berserker uh, or the Viking at the time. That's so right, you exactly. You guys have a great weekend. I, I, love,
0: yeah. I
1: look forward to speaking hup. to you guys next week. Right.
0: Us too, right, Danny. Up. Thank you so much, brother. All right, Hey,
1: uh, Tom. before you take the next call, man, I want, yes, I want to make quick mention. Um, I, I think what also made the big event seem, I mean, obviously it was in a stadium and there was 60-something thousand fans there. So, I mean, obviously it looked like a really big event, the way they named it. But I think the power of that storyline with Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff really did make it feel like a big event. Because remember, in 1986, man, there was only WrestleMania. That, that's that's all there was. There wasn't no Royal Rumble yet. There wasn't no Survivor Series yet. There was no SummerSlam yet. So I think they created that big event because they knew that a lot of money that they can make with that Hulk Hogan, Paul Undorf storyline.
0: You're probably right on the money there, Tom. And Before we jump into the next call, from a promoter's standpoint, the name, the big event, is it – lack of creative or is it just up until this point it's the biggest event that we're going to do for a coliseum home video release so let's call it the big event or like how do you land on that name do you think because you do a great job of naming your ispw shows and i get it's a big event but it sounds just a little falls a little short on the creative side i would say yeah well again 1986
1: we're talking about we're not you know i mean back then things weren't really uh glistening glamour as far as names go for for there wasn't that many uh there wasn't that many uh at the time there was what, great american bash and and that and starcade so I mean like there wasn't really that many names for an event anyway so uh i mean it, it sounds pretty cool the big event it was a big event you know and I think that they made it its own separate in, event more so than just a regular house show because there's definitely a lot of money to be made with Hogan and on hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I I just, I felt as I was watching it last week, I felt like it's one of these things where they walked around, you know, preparing for it and like, hey, who do we got on the card for that big event we're doing? Hey, do we got the helicopter rental for the big event? And so I I felt like it's just one of these things where behind the scenes, they just referred to it as the big event because it was a big event. And then when it came time to name it, they're like, well, we've been calling it this. So let's just, let's just go with it. I, I would love to know the behind the story creative on the name but for right now we're going to keep this conversation rolling take a short trip to long island and touch base with firefighter brian good morning sir
4: good morning gentlemen how's everything
0: good to talk to yes. how are you
1: sir
4: can't complain can't complain tommy um i want um, you know jay you hit the nail on the head uh when you're so open the show you know it's with all the 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 appalling chaos going on in wrestling right now. It's nice that we have this hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, every week to talk about a time when it was about the wrestling. Okay, it was about what can we do to make the best product possible in the ring. K five was respected. Um, you had uh, people took the business seriously. Okay, mm-hmm. and now it's about what can we do to get as get people to put as much money in the box as possible. It's about the – and I said back in the late 90s when they were going public, I saw this chaos coming. I didn't think it was a good idea. And if there's one good thing about this potential sale to the Saudis – is that they wanted the company to go back private, which I think would be good for the company. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, stock is just having too much to do with creative. Ever since they went to the network, uh, they, they made their own network and now they're on Peacock. Okay. Um, now, creative has to do with stock. Stock has to do with creative. And I think that's a big problem. Okay, and as far as Vince goes, listen, and I hear what you're saying, Tommy. You know what? Here's the thing. You don't give up on something you fought your whole life for. That being said, why did he not put up a fight when the World Wildlife Fund basically practically bullied the WWF letters from him years ago? Okay, they didn't really bully. I mean, it was theirs. But you know what? Vince makes an annual contribution, or makes a five ten million dollar donation to the World Wildlife Fund. They, I imagine, they would have been able to keep their name. Okay, Vince makes an offer and they turn it down. You can't say Vince didn't try. But Vince basically just said, "Okay, we'll just change the name." So, I don't want to hear that. Okay, and as far as. I think it bothers him and then granted there are people who need to work because it keeps them alive. Okay? Mm-hmm. Thing is, you sort WrestleMania with the Pat McAfee angle. Vince doesn't look good anymore. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It's gonna happen to all of us at some point. There's one battle you can't win, the battle with time. They've all tried mm-hmm. it, okay? Um but I think, you know, he's seeing that things are going better. And I think he just he wants to be. Yeah, if he wants to sell the company, listen, it, it, there's a last time for everything. But I think um, what I, I think a big moment was when, you know, he decided to take over NXT with Pritchard. I think it bothered him. You know, NXT was better than the WWE. Okay, Mm -hmm. NXT was better than anything going on on Mondays and Friday nights on Raw and SmackDown. Okay, that pay-per-views would blow WWEs away. And unfortunately, you know, NXT made one big mistake. They lost in the ratings, and USA moved them from Wednesdays to Tuesdays. When Raw was getting smoked uh, by Nitro for 83 weeks, okay, USA didn't move them. Okay, Mm -hmm. Vince was embarrassed and said, okay, now I'm taking it over and completely ran that NXT project to the ground. To this day, it is completely god awful. It is very difficult to watch. They -hmm. completely destroyed it. Okay, so now here's the thing. If he wants to keep Triple H as vice president of whatever the hell it is, okay, fine. But put it this way. If you see Karrion Cross shaving his head and coming out in a mock demolition outfit again, then you know who's behind the pencil. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so that's my whole take on the whole thing. I mean, the guy, basically, it seems like he, you know, he's 77 years old. Okay. And basically he has to come back because he, he's, got nothing better to do with his life than to shove himself down everybody's throats. And the day I have to do that is the day I want to die because I don't want to live like that. But, you know, I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. Vince McMahon, most influential person in the history of wrestling. Okay, but, uh, yeah, it's time. It was time. And, um, you know, everybody moves on. You know, Tommy, your Giants moved on without Wellington Mara. The Giants moved on without Steinbrenner. You know, Cowboys moved on without Tom Landry. You know, they're going to move on without Vince McMahon sooner or later. Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe this was the day and, you know, see what other people can do with the company. And now he's coming back and causing complete chaos. And, And what's unfortunate is, I mean, I don't know if you guys, you know, how much of today's product you guys watch. I watch a lot of it still. And AEW had a terrific show last night. And yet the big news, I mean, this is so big, an 80s podcast <laughs> is talking about current <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> so this is how big this news is. So I'm just hoping that, and one of the previous callers said, you know, we got the Royal Rumble coming up, which is the road to WrestleMania. I'm hoping this doesn't interfere with everything um, as far as who they're potentially selling it to. I got my issues with that, but that's
1: a story for another time. And um, real quick, let, me, let, me, let me jump in real quick, ahead. Brian. Cause I'm going I, to forget what I'm going to say. You're talking about, you know, you're talking about the uh, situation where who they're going to sell it to. Here, here's here's a here's a, a really interesting uh, point of that whole this whole thing is if they if they do sell it to they say they're going to sell it, the rumor that they're going to sell it to one. It's how would that affect the women's division? of the wwe i know that they left over there now and, and they, they wrestle but the, the, the bigger one is besides roman reigns the most over guy in the entire company right now is Sami zane and right now they're in the midst of that sammy zane roman reigns bloodline storyline uh sammy zane right. will not perform over there mm-hmm. and i also believe kevin owens uh, who is sammy's best friend in real life he's not performing over there either so it could be a situation where if that does happen, I can see not only them, but probably many uh, wrestlers wanting to leave the WWE.
4: Absolutely. Listen, if they, and you're already seeing Tony Khan make his stupid tweets, you know, uh, putting the cart before the horse. I mean, if anybody's benefiting out of this, it's them. Because, you know, what, when WWE was really struggling before Vince stepped down, AEW, the, the reason why AEW is still around the way it is is because of that run, okay? They, WWE is falling apart, and AEW got their stuff together. Now, listen, AEW, they have their problems, okay? I mean, every company does, okay? They make their share of big mistakes. You know, you guys were talking last week how big moves mean nothing nowadays. AEW has more than their fair share of that. Okay, they, they need some new road agents who know how to tell stories, know how to book and all that. But it's a much better product, and you have a very good point. I'll be honest with you. Um, I mean, I won't talk, touch on the big event, but I, I will say this. You know what? I found it very interesting last year when AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn, whose contracts were all ending, all ended up resigning. And the question was, why did they resign? Did they offer them money? Did they offer them years because more years means more money? Or do they know something we don't? Do they know that, you know, Tony Khan, this guy, he, he's, he's an egomaniac. He's a uh, he's a member of the Lucky Sperm Club. That's all he is. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to run a wrestling promotion, okay? Um, he didn't grow up in the business the way Vince's kids did, okay? Okay. Um, And Vince knows what he's doing. He's going to figure this out. Or maybe they saw him turning it to Hunter and Stephanie. So that's a very – there's a lot of people who I think could jump ship. And with the women, that's an excellent question. Mm -hmm. How's that going to – because they are using the women as their bread and butter more and more. Whoever thought a female match would main event WrestleMania. They have made so many leaps and bounds, and that is a very good point. Listen, I'm not crazy about, you know, the L.I.V. in golf, um, the the soccer, all that, um, and basically because of safety. Every time something comes goes on down there, there's some sort of catastrophic, I don't know why you would want to get involved in that, but again, it's uh, we're, op- we're going to open up 100 cans of worms with that, so... Uh, but that's, you know, my uh, take on the whole thing. And, um, you know, I just hope whatever happens, you know, hell, this could be, this could change wrestling as we know it forever. So, um, and as far as, uh, and I'll just say that I'm sure you got people holding the big event. You know what, you ha- I think it was UJ that said this. This was the show that pretty much made Canada, especially the Toronto area, a big product for the WWF. And the fact that they housed that many people is that was a big moment. And this is this this is a show that's forgotten about. And yes, I think for newer fans they might have a hard time getting through it because they're not used to that kind of wrestling. Mm-hmm. But the Hogan Orndorff feud is one of my all time favorite feuds. It was done so well. It drew huge money. And what I loved about I loved how Orndorf came out to real American. Talk, mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> Talk about a heat getter. Talk about a way to get heat. And you had the the snake pit match. And, and, and I I I didn't like how it was ended in a disqualification. I thought it should have you know Hogan beating Orndorff. But also the cage match on Saturday night's main event when they landed mm-hmm. at the same exact time. Great, great, great feud from a. And I agree with you, Tommy. I loved Paul Orndorff. He's one of my all-time favorites. And um, yeah, and. and I, and I spoke to Jake not too long ago, and he said when he DDT'd Rick, Ricky Steamboat on the floor, he mm. didn't want to do it because he knew it was an accident waiting to happen. He did it as a favor to somebody who thought it would be cool. He said he's Steamboat's lucky it didn't kill him. Mm. And I'll end you guys with this. Tommy, with all due respect, my friend, listen, your team has nothing to be ashamed <laughs> of. They had a, they had a great – no, listen, they had a good season. They, they looked better than my team. Um, but, uh, I will say, I will say this, I wouldn't bet too heavy and I'll tell you, I, I almost don't want to say this cause I don't want to kill Jay and his team. I, if I had to say right now, I think it's going to be Minnesota and Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. Um, you heard it here first Ooh. and, um, and yeah, that's, uh, I mean, put it this way. That at my team's out of it. I really couldn't care less. You know who I Great. cheer for? Whoever's number, whoever's numbers correspond with my boxes. That's who I cheer for.
1: So um, there you go. Hey <laughs> Brian, yeah. Brian, real, real quick, when you just to, sure. just to give you a, a warning, uh, next Thursday, when you call in the '80s Wrestling the podcast, uh, uh, Jay, uh, Jay will not no longer refer to you as Firefighter Brian. Next Thursday, you will be referred to as Brian the Jinx, next Thursday right there on TV's The Revolute Podcast. I hope not. Well, oh, I hope not.
4: I lo- well, listen, I will remember this next Thursday. <laughs> and, um, uh, hey, listen, it'll be a good weekend of football. Hey, listen. That's thanks, right. thanks, as always. You know, listen, you give us all so much time. It's a really uh, listen. It's not. I'm. I'm just glad that I have this uh, hour free every week to listen to your show and call in. And it's it's nice to reflect on a time when Mm -hmm. uh, it was about the wrestling. So, gentlemen, with that, have a have a good one. Good talking to you guys, and I'll hopefully talk to you next week. Good about sounds good, man.
0: Thank you so much, buddy. God bless. God bless you. Tommy, that's what this show is all about, man. It's about wrestling fans coming together to have a conversation. You know, we're spread out around the country, but thanks to technology, we can gather here each and every Thursday and just talk about old school wrestling, talk about the news in wrestling. It's just a great way to connect. We're going to keep connecting with people. We've got two callers left, got about 10 minutes left in the tank here. Let's go to a good friend of the show. Uh, I have a feeling, Tommy, that our ratings are about – to go through the roof because it's time for the is it five stars or did you up them to six stars after last week we're talking to total with tom good morning six sir and a half
1: stars six, and a, six half. and a half
0: stars
6: good morning everyone the biggest news of the day is not the wwe but the fact that tommy Fiero watches 90 day fiance <laughs> oh
0: ho oh, hey now hey now <laughs> I'm glad I didn't slip past everybody, Tommy. You did let that slip hey at the start now. of the show. Huge 90-day fia- fiance I admit, fan. I
1: will. I will admit it. My wife has me hooked on it. I'm not going to lie. As
6: far as the show goes, the big event. It's one of those events where I didn't know about it at the time. I never even watched it until I think a couple years after it had aired. Mm-hmm. And I felt a little jilted when I saw, like, the uh, Coliseum Home video. Um, And I said to myself, well, why didn't I know about this? You know, back in the day, obviously, when there was no social media, obviously. But uh, I did feel a little jilted by it. I don't really know if I ever watched the entire show. I know I watched the main event, maybe one or two others, Mm on YouTube recently in the last few years. But I never really thought much about the event. Um, it also was. It also gave to the mystique of pro wrestling to me that there was something out there that was attracting so many fans, and I didn't know about it. It, it just added to the lure and the mystique of
0: pro wrestling, if you, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I, I, I used pop. to feel the same way pop. when you would come across a, a wrestling magazine covering wrestlers you've never heard of before. It just it made you feel like the world of wrestling was huge and you just wanted to to dig in deeper
1: sure sure hey Tom I was asking you real quick I know that you ain't gonna see it till after the fact but like now as as an adult you look back on that you say you watch it on, on the network and you, and you see it does, does, the fact that it was outside in, in that stadium and that it was in Canada do those, do those two big things make it feel like a big event to you yeah, it adds to the mystique
6: because I said uh, a couple of weeks ago when primetime used to have you know from the Maple Leaf Gardens, you know I would I would be like, wow, this is big, sure. you know Toronto, you know definitely added to it, Tommy definitely did. That's awesome, man.
1: Now, um, what, what? Here's my take. You watching it? Me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm, wait. I want. I'd rather get your take on the whole Vince McMahon WWE situation. Sure.
6: So um, if you recall, uh, six or eight months ago, Stephanie uh, stepped down from the company about two weeks before that article came out in the Wall Street Journal. Coincidence? Maybe not. Now, once again, Vince is back and Stephanie steps down. So you can look at it from that perspective, okay? But the other perspective is the fact that the WWE has been looking to sell this company for a long time. And, Tommy, you and I have had this discussion when we noticed all the wrestlers going to AEW within the last two years. You know, when a company is getting ready to sell itself, it releases a lot of its overhead. Mm -hmm. So they look as profitable as they can. And that was one of the reasons why I thought they were letting go of all those wrestlers. So having said all that, I'm going to take it from this angle. I think that the only reason why Vince is back is because he wants to facilitate a sale of the company. Everyone has been jumping the gun as to what's going to happen in the future of the WWE as far as creativity goes. Uh, Triple H has not announced his resignation yet. I think if that happens, then that's a big deal. But as of right now, he's still you know running the show. I think we all need to sit back and just wait for this inevitable sale to happen. And I think once it does happen, I think Vince will uh step aside once again. I mean that's that's my take on this. Total, it's total with Tom's take on this.
1: Yeah, man. Well it's, it's definitely definitely a a, a good take. I mean, it could be a a boatload of, of, of different reasons. But I, I tell you what though, it makes following the business right now, which obviously Tom, I know you do, you get the observer every can and and Jay. I never tell you that sometimes, Tom, when he comes up to the shop, he brings me the latest issue of The Observer because he's subscribes to it. When he's done reading, he gives it to me, which is awesome of him. But like you, obviously, and and I like reading that stuff too, uh, uh, Tom. I I usually go to the website and read a lot of stuff. So I I follow the product, and I know you do for 100%, Jay. I follow the product more, both products, more through uh, reading about it than, than watching it. It's because I'm at I'm at my store all day long, and then when I come home, the couple hours I have, like the last thing I want to do is really see wrestling. I'll I'll DVR it, and then if I read something good happens, I'll go back and watch it. You know, but I, I follow. I mean, every day, it, it's I guess it's like a hobby. You know, just like it is for us. Like you go on the website to see what the news is. So like this time right now, being someone that likes reading about the news and and, and knowing about what's going on behind the scenes like that for you, Tom, because you subscribe to the, uh, the observer, this is an extremely exciting time to follow uh, the wrestling business. And this story is obviously probably going to be the biggest story in the last, it could be 40, 50 years uh, when it's all said and done. So yeah, it's going to be fun to follow it, fun to read about it. And I, 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 I agree with you, Tom, I think we, everyone needs to sit back and, Until Triple Eight says I'm done, uh, I think everyone needs to calm down as far as what creative direction the company is going in.
6: We're just a victim of our own progress. um, Obviously, the world progresses, right? And progress causes problems. I just mentioned that I didn't know about the main event from 1986 because there's no social media around. Well, today there is. So now we're all pushing the panic button. Maybe it was a better era back in 86 when I didn't know about it and there was Mm -hmm. a mystique to it. So it kind of ties all in. Now, as far as this weekend's games go, I do have uh, a solution. I think if the Vikings win, then the Iron Sheik has to co-host 80s Wrestling Podcast the following week. I for the whole, think for it's a Giants. Yeah, for the whole show. <laughs> for the whole oh,
3: show? For the whole show. You were arrested that. Vol- I'll, Vol- do Vol- Vol- I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. But
6: if the Giants win. But if the Giants win, then Jumping Jay has to get you wrestling wrestling '80s merch. He's got to get you that T-shirt with '80s wrestling podcasts on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, no, I'm getting I'm getting that regardless because I, 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 it's a like travesty that you have one and I don't.
0: There's only think, two guys day. walking I, I, around with that shirt. Only two Tom, people on the I, planet I tell you have you what, that shirt. to with Tom. Put it
1: with Tom also. Off the record, on the record, we're live on the podcast right now. He's been sending me some really good ideas lately, and this is another good one, Tom. You had a good week. So I'm going to accept those terms, Jay. If the Vikings beat the Giants this Sunday,
3: next Mm -hmm. week,
1: right here on 80s Wrestling the Podcast, it will be Jumpin' Jay and Tommy Sheik for the entire hour. Now what are you gonna give me on your end, brother? I'm I'm, I'm gonna do it.
0: What are you gonna give me on your end? Ah, uh, let's. See. Well, what? Uh, what? What would? It, what would? Uh, what would Tommy? Well, is there anything? Is there anything you, you want? Have, right, you? I got one for you. I got yeah. one for you. Yeah. Every
1: ten minutes, right? Every ten minutes. So though the show's sixty minutes. So yeah. Next week, every ten minutes, I want you to sing the Soviet national anthem. Oh that's my awesome. word! All right, I'll, all if right. I got to do the whole hour, of Tommy Sheik. If I do the whole hour, of Tommy Sheik. Uh, if you do I don't. One, I
6: don't know if I'll last the whole hour one of minute.
0: you doing Tommy Sheik.
6: Jumping Jim, no, no, I'm,
1: I'm, you'll get.
6: You can get some help if Tommy Fierro can work Adam Andy Weinberg to call into the show next week.
1: Oh, that would be awesome! I'll tell you what. I will tell you what. I will. I will make it one better. So if. I if the Giants lose Sunday, I will be the Tommy Sheik for the entire episode next week. If you lose and my Giants win, you have to sing the Soviet national anthem six times throughout the episode and I will get Andy Weinberg, the the real life son of Nikolai Volkov to call in and help you out and give you some pointers.
0: That would be incredible. I will I will sign on the dotted line for that, my friend. All right. It's a Dundale. Signed so to with the Tom?
1: Thank you very much for calling. We got one more caller, man.
0: I'll, uh, I'll, yeah, to I'll see you guys. With
6: I'll see you on the 28th. Don't forget, 28th of January.
1: Well, you'll see me before that next Friday, ISBW in West Milford, New Jersey. We'll talk more about that on next week's show. Total
0: timeout. All right, one caller left in the wings to wrap up the big conversation on the big event, the big news. Let's go to Hotlanta and touch base with Joe. Joe, good morning, sir.
3: Good morning. I'll go with the topic of Vince McMahon. Um, I think, fictitiously, if Vince McMahon had a a wrestling manager, I think his decision to return is far, far better than his decision was a year ago to get in the wrestling ring on TV in front of America. (laughs) And to weigh in on that. Like, that was bad. That's where he should have had somebody be like, don't do that. I'll even compare that to Ric Flair's famous last year, last match. I got to say, Ric Flair will gossip in, on podcasts and say that the Ric Flair returning to the ring was an embarrassment and stuff. I don't think so, so much. Like, I think the Vince McMahon returning to the ring, that I think that was a visual embarrassment. Um, but, as far as returning to the WWE, I think I'm I'm I think I'm the same as you guys think. Like, as one of you said, just sit back and watch. Like, yeah, I mean, whatever you know <laughs> it doesn't really matter to me. But what I would do is if I was Triple H, who I gotta believe has a good head on his shoulders, still, is what I would do for nostalgia is play it into raw if they if that's possible you know why isn't it possible i think that could bring some nostalgia back to people our age and just you know have them in the suits and have i could envision triple h being like what are you doing back you know that would be kind of cool like that would play into the nostalgia factor so they should be listening to us guys because i would (laughs) that's what i that's how i would capitalize on this news um and then i just kind of got a funny on vince mcmahon for you know uh, us being 80s wrestling fans and that's that's when i was fully invested watching wwf and vince mcmahon was always a great voice you always took him as the guy who's you know stood up for the good guys and then i was in high school when it was the attitude era and like my view was you know i wasn't into it as much as a kid now i was a teenager and but i still remember having a thought in my head like what are they doing at that time? I was like, Vince McMahon is now this evil guy and he's like completely different from what I watched as a kid. And I remember it as a high school brain thinking like, this isn't right. But now as a middle-aged brain, (laughs) I look back and I'm like, Oh, okay. That was, that's, you know, Vince McMahon knew what he was doing then. So I'll leave it with this. Maybe Vince McMahon knows what he's doing now.
0: Maybe, just maybe. That's a great way to end the show, Joe from Atlanta, because all of us, we don't know. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and we just get to sit back and watch. But I think one thing is for certain, the world of professional wrestling, she is ever-changing. And that's one of the reasons I love doing this show every Thursday is we get to talk about what I view as a simpler, purer time in the industry. Tommy? We've, we've done it. We've logged another hour, a big show about the big event and the big news. Yes, sir. And another
1: big news before we end this week's episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast about 80s Wrestling Con followed by ISPW Rockin' Wrestling on Saturday, May the 6th at the Menon Sports Arena, Morristown, New Jersey, if you're not able to make it there live, Jay, if you're not able to, uh, if you don't live in the New Jersey area or you know you live across the across the other side of the United States and just can't get away to get there, you will for the first time ever be able to watch not only 80s Wrestling Con, mm-hmm. but the ISPW Rock and Wrestling Show following it because we'll be streaming live that day for the first time ever on IWTV, so uh, you will be able to be a part of ISPW and 80s Wrestling Con, no matter where you live, on May the
0: 6th. Tommy, you're telling me that all of our callers, all of our listeners to this podcast, no matter where they live, coast to coast, can stream not only 80s Wrestling Con 4, but also the ISPW Rock and Wrestling Show, immediately from the con. They can stream it all? Absolutely.
1: And uh, another cool thing is that we're going to have a lot of content during the day at the convention during 80s Wrestling Con, and we're going to actually have Jumpin' Jay uh, be the host of of some of those uh, segments as he's, you know, going around the convention with the camera crew and then and, and, uh, doing some exclusive interviews, Jay, with some of the talent that are going to be at the table signing. So you're going to be able to see Jumpin' J at 80s Wrestling Con. He'll be going around talking to several of the guests that are going to be there. It's going to be really cool, man. You're going to get to see the 80s Wrestling Karaoke, the kids of uh, the kids of 80s Wrestling, along with everything else, man. It's going to be a really fun day. We'll be talking a lot more about it in the upcoming weeks and months, obviously. But I just wanted to let everyone know that if you aren't able to make it for some reason, uh, you'll be able to watch it on IW. TV. But until uh, next week, I hope everyone has a great weekend, Jay. Hope you and uh, your uh, wife and kids have a great weekend. Hope you enjoy the game on Sunday. And I you hope that well, you take sir. singing lessons. During the, uh, <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope you take some singing lessons during the week because next week, right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast, we're going to have some fun. We don't even need a topic because I'm sure that whatever we talked about today, and <laughs> Jay, with what's going on in the world of professional wrestling, I can only imagine. Uh, what news is going to come out in the next seven days. So I'd rather not put a, a stamp on any topic whatsoever. Uh, we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk some wrestling. And uh, anyone that lives in the New Jersey area, come out to the Wrestling Collector this Saturday morning in Stockholm, New Jersey, from 10 a.m. to noon, Mr. I can't say Kennedy, but Anderson, formerly Mr. Kennedy of the WWE. He will be in the house. One of your guys, Minnesota guy, at the Wrestling Collector this Saturday, 10 a.m. till noon. And then uh, we'll be back next week, and you'll either hear the Tommy Sheik or you'll hear Jay's singing voice. We'll catch you next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.